Hey, what's going on? Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're recapping the Thursday night matchup between the Bucks and the Ravens last night before previewing every other game from the week eight slate. Let's get on into it. Alright, so last night the Ravens beat the Buccaneers 27 to 22. Um, pick the Ravens to cover and win. It's actually the first time I was correct on both the cover and win all year for <laughs> Thursday night football. It's been it's been a rough go of things. Uh but yeah, so good good news for me. And then we finally got the Isaiah likely that we saw in the preseason this game, and it was awesome. When Mark Andrews went down, it felt like they just kinda like plugged him into the Andrews role and he excelled there. Um, I definitely want to see when Andrews is back, how these two work together, because like I'm sure the Ravens could likely is practically a glorified wide receiver at this point. So let's see, like get get them both on the field going at the same time. Like that, that could be a really exciting passing offense to build upon the strong rushing attack for the Ravens. But the Ravens did come out of the gates really slow, mostly because they did try to be a pass first team with 30 passes to just seven rushes in the first half, scoring only three points. Then they recommitted to the ground game using passing as a compliment Lamar, he completed all eight of his passes in the second half. The Ravens rushed for over 200 yards in just the second half alone, and they scored 24 points. So, like, making, like, obviously 27 total. Um, Yeah, it was just, they just, their halftime adjustment was brilliant. They realized, hey, like, this isn't working what we're trying to do. However, we're trying to take advantage of all the weaknesses in the Bucs secondary. That's not working. Let's do what we do best, ground and pound, and it work they came out with the win for the bucks they're in serious trouble brady is missing throws at a much higher clip than normal throwing it into coverage short army at a bunch this game evans godwin they should be his most reliable receivers but they weren't coming down with the balls that they normally do this ground game got 44 yards off 2.9 yards per carry and this defense was picked apart in the second half felt like greg roman just like put a bullseye on devin white and told Lamar and um, Kenyon Drake, Gus Edwards, all the running backs, just have fun, offensive line, target this guy, put this guy in the blender, and it worked. The Bucks aren't a playoff caliber team, and I don't see any way for them to right the ship as it is right now, unless Brady just turns back the clock a little bit. All right, so now moving on to previewing all the Week 8 games, we have the Jaguars as two-and-a-half-point favorites facing the Broncos in London. So after last week's offensive disaster, the Broncos hopefully will look much better here with Wilson back in the lineup. I don't really anticipate this offense suddenly turning into world beaters, but this Jags defense has not impressed me lately, and they let Matt Ryan tear them up two weeks ago. So it's very possible that Russell Wilson and this offense, they could like kind of start to spark things. Maybe not something that will last the full season, but at least start to come alive. Um, then for the Jags, it's just been so disappointing, losing a lot of close games recently and now sitting at two and five. Trevor Lawrence looked like he had turned the corner early in his first couple weeks, but then came crashing back down to earth in the rain versus Phillies and hasn't really been able to fully bounce back yet. And going against this Broncos defense, that is no slouch. Like It's hard to see them like be this being their bounce back game, you know? Uh, the Broncos, they're allowing the third lowest points per game at 16.4 giving up over 20 points only one time this whole year. Pat Sertan looks like a top corner in the league. Chubb and Browning are a great edge duo, and Gregory will be back sometime soon, making this just killer trio. Uh, Simmons, he's back there at safety, back healthy into the lineup and looking good as always. And everyone really just executes their roles perfectly. If 
their offense was even average this year, this defense would make them Super Bowl contenders. And because of that, I'm going to pick the Broncos to beat, cover, and win versus the Jags. Like, I just... The Jags have lost me on their offense, and the Broncos' defense is freaking killer. Then we have the Patriots at the Jets. The Patriots are three-point favorites. Patriots' offense are coming off a blowout loss to what's been one of the league's worst offenses after they benched their second-year quarterback, who they picked in the first round last year. Um, it's not pretty, but honestly, I'd be pretty scared if I were the Jets facing this team. I feel like Belichick is going to just take out all of his anger on the Jets. Mac Jones will be starting again, and I do think that's the right move. After Zappi's first two successful drives, he was pretty bad, and I just think Mac has shown a higher ceiling than Zappi has so far. Like, he freaking led this team to the playoffs last year as a rookie. Hopefully, they'll start using more play action, scheming players up for Mac the same way that they have for Zappi. So I feel like that's been a lot of it, too. They just they expect more out of Mac, so they put more on his plate, and yeah. Um, the Jets also have a young quarterback, though, who is making much more mistakes but is receiving nowhere near the same amount of scrutiny because his team's at least winning. Wilson, he's been terrible under pressure. Like he feels the need to make a big play every every time someone's like coming in his face and constantly plays hero ball, putting himself, his offensive line, and his playmakers in difficult situations. And Belichick knows this. He's seen all the weaknesses that Wilson has shown on tape and he sees what situations where Wilson has excelled as because Obviously, this team's 5-2. and two. He's doing some things right. And he's going to do his best to avoid putting him in those advantageous situations. And I think we're about to witness a Bill Belichick masterpiece defensively. And this offense should be good enough to for like a pretty comfortable win. So I'm picking the Patriots to cover and win. Then we have the Steelers at the Eagles. Eagles are 10.5 point favorites. If Mike Tomlin wants to keep his non-losing streak alive, the Steelers are going to need to wake up offensively. Pickett has been fine this season for a rookie, but that's nothing too exciting and still well below average for a starting quarterback this year. And he's putting the ball in harm's way way too often. 54% of his passes also have only gone between 0 and 10 yards, the highest out of 36 quarterbacks. He's not afraid to take deep shots. Like you see him take um, a couple of them a game and he's like pretty around average on his deep attempts. I just don't think Canada really trusts him to air it out. And going against the Eagles, they'll probably stick to all the short stuff once again. Because this Eagles defense, though, could like really neutralize the Steelers. They already have a good pass rush, and now they're adding Robert Quinn, who hasn't been the same game record that he has been in the past for the Bears. But it definitely won't help hurt to add him to this very talented defensive line. Just let him go out there and speed rush. Then on the second level, TJ Edwards has been a top five linebacker this season. Slay and Bradbury... Like they are either the best or the second best corner duo in the whole league, and they don't have any glaring weaknesses that could be taken advantage of. And I don't think the Steelers are the offense that are going to discover these weaknesses. The only thing that gives me pause about the ten and a half point spread is the Eagles' offense versus the Steelers' defense. Even without T.J. Watt, the Steelers' defense has been very good. They still get decent pressure with Highsmith and Hayward. Minka has been one of the best safeties in the whole league this year, and the rest of their secondary has played pretty well no matter who's out there playing like due to injuries, you know? And the Eagles' offense has been good, but it hasn't been this dominant offense where I'm not going to be worried about them going up against a good defense. Hurts has been great this year, but sometimes this passing attack is lacking. Using a bunch of screens and quick hitters instead of going to like their full traditional chop-back offense, and while this ground attack is dominant, the Steelers have a good defensive line and linebackers that could cause them some troubles. 
However, the Eagles are coming off the bye. I have an extra week to prepare for this game. And I think the Eagles will be ready for whatever the Steelers throw at them. So I'm picking the Eagles to cover and win. Then we have the Bears at the Cowboys. Cowboys nine and a half point favorites. Um, the Bears finally used Justin Fields the way you're supposed to use Justin Fields last week. They used him in the design run game and they kicked butt, getting over 200 yards on the ground. They still didn't have much of a passing attack with 179 passing yards, but it was at least like evenly distributed between Mooney, Brown, uh, St. Brown, and Komet. And they did it against a pretty formidable Patriots defense, so signs pointing up for this offense for sure. However, are they really going to do that two weeks in a row, going against now an even better defense in the Cowboys? Uh, Michael Parsons, he's a defensive player of the year front runner. Trayvon Diggs is up and down, but he's honestly having maybe even a better season than last year, just not turning the ball over as much. And Lawrence up front is killing it. And overall, just like everyone on this defense just executes Dan Squinn's scheme at such a high level. It's hard to see an inconsistent offense like the Bears find any kinks in their armor. I think all eyes, though, should be on the Cowboys offense. Dak played all right last week. It like good enough, obviously, to win. But he definitely wasn't the reason why they won. And the Bears defense isn't a complete pushover, even without Robert Quinn. So how will Dak and this offense look this week? Are they going to start looking good now? Or are they a defensive first team with an offense that just really does enough to win? Um, I'm going to kind of bet on Dak coming into his own a bit more this week. And I'm going to pick the Cowboys to cover and win. <laughs> then we have the Dolphins at the Lions. Uh, Dolphins three and a half point favorites. The Dolphins got two back last week, but they still weren't the world beaters that they were earlier this season, especially like specifically when they faced the Ravens the second half of that game. And I know it was one game back, only one game back for Tua, but this offense really has only been dominant so far in that set half. Um, now they're going to face a pretty bad Lions defense. And if they don't explode and show like this offensive firepower that we've been hyping them up for, I'm going to be kind of concerned. Um, this Lions offense though, has really stalled since the first couple of weeks, scoring zero and six points in their last two games. However, they should be getting Swift back this week. We'll have to see about St. Brown and Reynolds. They're both questionable for this game. Um, just things are seem to be falling apart over there in Detroit. And this will be their third straight game going against a good defense. The Dolphins defense has been up and down this year, but I think it's a bit more to do with non-complimentary football, like their defense being on the field too often. Bad plays are just going to happen. We already know that Howard is a stud corner, and I really like the development and what Noah Benogany has shown opposite of him. And up front, Phillips, he really started to come alive last week, their first round pick from a year ago. And Ingram, all year so far, has been a really nice pickup for a veteran player. Um, I'm going to pick the Dolphins then to cover and win. This offense is going to come back alive finally. Then we have the Cardinals at the Vikings. Vikings, three and a half point favorites. The Cardinals finally provided us though last week on thursday with some entertaining football um, however it still wasn't this like amazing offensive performance by them it like a lot of those points there's two pick sixes and it really a lot came from their ground game you know and ingram both were popping off so now can they get their passing offense going too to complement that with kyler obviously having an amazing arm d hop coming back um see what they can do there then the vikings They've been one of the best teams in the whole league so far, sitting at 5-1, and one, but it's honestly really tough to put a finger on what they do particularly well. Like, Jefferson, obviously amazing. Um, but outside of that, nothing... I don't think you can point at anything that's been really special about this team other than the fact that they're 5-1. and one. They've just been, you know, good. 
Uh, Cook, he's been all right, but he hasn't topped 100 yards this season. Um, he's topped 100 total yards, but not to- 100 rushing yards, you know. Cousins, he's been himself, you know, like good, but outside Monday Night Football. Um, and then this defense is pretty average. It's honestly pretty, a pretty confusing defense. They're 12th in scoring defense, um, 27th in yards allowed per game. But what really blows my mind is they're 32nd in red zone defense. Like, I don't even understand how that's possible to be such a good scoring defense when you allow so many yards and you're literally the worst red zone but whatever um somehow they keep winning games and it is getting hard to pick against them honestly especially against the cardinals team that's been kind of disappointing so i'm gonna pick the vikings to cover and win so then we have the panthers at the falcons the falcons are four point favorites the panthers are coming off the most surprising game of the season beating the bucks 21 to 3 right after trading christian mccaffrey this team fought hard for interim coach uh, Wilkes and showed that they aren't just some pushover squad. But I do find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to keep this up. Um, PJ Walker, he's been incredible, or he was incredible last week, but that game is an outlier so far for his career. If you can build upon that, that's amazing. But honestly, like I'm going to sit and wait and see, you know? And it looks like Chuba Hubbard will be out for this game, um, limiting this already limited offense even more. We'll have to see how the Falcons, though, will defend P.J. Walker and these wide receivers. Um, he aired it out last week against the injury-riddled Buck secondary, and the Falcons, they aren't much better with A.J. Terrell, Jalen Hawkins, and D. Alford all potentially out for this game. D.J. Moore and the rest of these Panthers receivers could feast if P.J. Walker gets them the ball again. But I do think that the Falcons have been a surprisingly good team. Like, not good enough to seriously compete against against like the top contenders like the Bengals last week but good enough to compete with their strong ground game i don't really trust this panthers defense fully to stop this ground attack but i definitely could see them slowing it down this could be a pretty close game um especially because it's like a divisional game but i will still pick the falcons to cover that four point spread and win then we have the titans at the texans titans two and a half point favorites uh and they're in prime position to pull away with the division now Eric Henry, he isn't the top back in the league anymore, but he's still one of the best. And he's the reason why this team is winning right now. And they're going to need to lean on him extra this week because Tannehill right now is listed as questionable with his ankle. Even if he does play, it is just like an injured player. You don't want to lean on them as much. And if Willis is in, then yeah, (laughs) this is going to be a Derrick Henry show. And Derrick Henry just destroys the Texans, like over 200 yards, two touchdowns in each of the last three games. And it's really hard to imagine the... Texans stopping Henry, especially after last week, like Josh Jacobs just destroyed them. Um, rookie Christian Harris, he started to get a bit more action last week, and they just cut Camaguder Hill, uh, veteran linebacker. So it's likely that uh, Harris will see even more action. But Harris wasn't that good, blowing a couple gaps, and was like one of the reasons why the Raiders were able to run wild. Um, we'll see if another week of getting back worked into the defense will help him. I think he was coming off injury um, or it was just like his first time getting some action. And yeah, they're going to need a big group effort to stop Derrick Henry this week. But the Texans did have a pretty good game offensively last week against the Raiders, at least until Collins went down with injuries. But like after that, they just didn't really have enough weapons to move the ball. Like Mills isn't the guy who's going to elevate his wide receivers into top looking guys and it looks like collins is potentially out again this week either the texans will need to lean on pierce which honestly like that's not a bad strategy with how good damien pierce looks so far this season or they're gonna need a another receiver to step up opposite of crooks to keep this game close but 
I, I, I just don't see that happening. I think the Texans or the Titans are going to cover and win this quite easily. Then we have the Giants at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are three-point favorites. The Giants stay being slept on. Now they're 6-1 and one and still underdogs. However, there's definitely reasons for that. Daniel Jones has been good given the fact he has no wide receivers, but that just simply puts like a cap on this offense. They they can get pig plays out of Darius Slayton, move the sticks with Davis Sales, but with weapons like that, like you just you, you can't be a top offense, and they haven't been one. They've been relying on their strong run game and defense to keep the game close and execute in crunch time. Luckily, though, they do have Saquon Barkley. He's been amazing all year. He's one of the best, if not the best, running back in the whole league. And with this defense playing the way it is, that's what's allowing them to play this way. Um, they keep games close, don't make mistakes, and wait for their opponents to mess up in the fourth quarter and jump on it, take advantage of it. And then the Seahawks, they're a team that's gone back and forth on making these type of mistakes. They went from like not making any, being very conservative early on, but not having any big plays. Then they started making big plays, but also those mistakes. Then they cut out the mistakes, but then last week we saw those like a couple turnovers come back. They were still able to put the charges away quite easily, though, and played like, yeah, they looked like one of the best teams in the league last week. Um, they're a really hard team to get a pulse on right now, but they're playing with nothing to lose. And I think they just have a much higher ceiling than this Giants. Like, they can be one of the top offenses, and they can be a really good defense. So I'm going to pick the Seahawks to cover and win. Then we have the Niners at the Rams. The Niners are one and a half point favorites. So how will Christian McCaffrey look now that he's been on the team for a minute and they've had a bit more time to work him into this offense? Their offense wasn't that bad last week overall, and they can get some pretty nasty production out of all these rack monsters like CMC, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. Although like right before I started recording this, I did see Debo was ruled out. So, but I think the addition of CMC kind of like it allows that. Like obviously Debo, you you want him to play, but having CMC there gives you that cushion. It's like okay, we still have another playmaker to lean on. Then the Rams, they're coming off their bye and off their second highest point total of the year, albeit it was against the Panthers. However, they finally started to get Allen Robinson involved, which is huge. Especially with the Niners injury at cornerback too, Emmanuel Mosley going down and Warmack having to step up in his place, the Rams could take advantage of this. Honestly though, I think both of these offenses will struggle. This is going to be a defensive battle. I don't trust either of these offensive lines and they're facing Aaron Donald on one side, Nick Bosa on the other. Matt Stafford's been a mess under pressure and Jimmy is Jimmy, so who knows what we're going to get this game. But I do still think that there's something about Shanahan just knowing McBay having his number, being able to beat him week in, week out. So I'm going to pick the Niners again to cover and win. Then we have the Commanders at the Colts, the Colts two and a half point favorites. I'm very surprised the Colts are favorites. Like, yes, the Commanders also have a backup, but the Colts have been one of the league's worst offenses this year with Matt Ryan at the helm. And I find it very hard to believe that Sam Ellinger is the change the Colts need to be a competent offense. They're going to really need to lean on Jonathan Taylor this week, but he hasn't been that guy so far. However, he obviously is just coming off injury, and he did look good in limited action last week, having 5.8 yards per carry, 4.6 after contact, and missing 5 forced tackle on just 17 touches. He's one of the best players in the league with a ball in his hand, and especially because they're rolling with Ellinger, they're going to need to get him the rock a lot more. And he's going to need to be everything he was last year and even more to get them to the playoffs. And then for the Commanders, Heineke was terrible at the beginning of last week. 
He ended up with five turnover-worthy plays, but he did start to look a lot better in the second half. Heineke is a very inconsistent quarterback. Like, we saw that in one game alone last week, so it's hard to know which version we are going to get. However, the pieces around him are pretty good. Like, Dotson, he may miss another week the first round pick, but McLaurin and Samuel are a good duo, at least for wide receivers. And they started getting undrafted free agent Armani Rodgers more involved at tight end, which is pretty sick because he was a quarterback in college. I want to say UNLV um, before switching up to play tight end for the first time during the pre-draft process. And he looked pretty good out there last week. Um, I think the commanders just have, like, I'm not going to pick a second-year, sixth-round quarterback who I don't really know much about in as favorites. You know, I'm going to take the better quarterback getting points, so I'm going to take Heineke as, and the commanders um, to cover and win this game. Then we have the Packers at the Bills, the Bills being 11-point favorites. What a fall for, from grace for Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense. It's just been a complete mess so far. We all knew the receiver situation would be tough, but it's affecting Rodgers a lot more than what I thought it would. And I thought they would also just lean on these running backs a lot more. They only had 12 attempts last week, though, combined for 3.2 yards per carry. Like, at least Jones, he did get involved in the passing game, nine catches, but they still, like, I don't think they can be a pass-heavy team the way they're constructed. Aaron Rodgers has shown that he's unable to elevate this roster, so why not lean into your running backs more? And this offensive line, like, while it's had injuries, they're starting to come together, get healthy again. Um, yeah, like, I, they can be a seriously good ground and team. I don't know why they don't. And this Packers defense did start to look better last week and recently. Um, that was against Taylor Heineke, and now they're facing Josh Allen, though, so <laughs> yikes. Uh, the Packers, though, they're starting to call a lot more man coverage than they were at the beginning of the year when they were just getting picked apart. I'm calling it 47.2 and 45.5% in these last two weeks versus just 21 or 23.1% over the first five weeks. It's shocking to see that as they have Jair and a couple of like other quality corners in Stokes and Douglas. Like, this is a unit that you just want, hey, our guys are better than your guys. Let's just line them up and win. But on the flip side, they might not be better. Um, the Bills have been one of the best offenses in the league, uh, the number one EPA per play offense. And they face man covers seventh most in the whole league. Um, so I wonder if the Packers, are they going to keep up this like man-heavy approach? I, I think they should because I honestly I think that they match up well. Um, Diggs, put, just stick him or stick Jair on Diggs. Davis and Stokes, both like fast guys. And then let Douglas take out the slot. Uh, but we'll have to see what they do, especially because these Bills have been on a mission this season. Josh Allen looks like the MVP. Diggs is a top receiver in this league, and this defense is just incredible. They're the best and most complete team in this league and should be treated as such. And they are. like They're freaking 11-point favorites over Aaron freaking Rodgers. The only thing that can really stop this team is bad luck or just, like, yeah, like bad luck, I feel. <laughs> And I kind of want to pick that bad luck. Um, on paper, the Bills deserve to be 11-point favorites, I think. There's nothing really analytical about this, but there is just something about angry Aaron Rodgers giving a speech and rallying this team, wanting to right this ship. So I'm not going to go fully in. I'm going to pick the Packers to cover, but hedge it with the Bills win. And then we have the Bengals at the Browns. Bengals are three-point favorites. The Bengals finally started to get their swag back on offense, but now they're going to have to do this without Jamar Chase, and that's a huge concern. 
we haven't seen what this offense looks like without him on the field. Like, is that still going to work? I think it might. I know that I've been low on the Bengals, but I think I'm ready to admit that I've been wrong. Um, we'll have to see how they do look this week. But I like the adjustments that they're making offensively. They're just kind of like putting Burrow out there in shotgun, telling him to do his thing and letting him see the whole field and read it all at once. And that's what's led to all this recent success. And yeah, this offense won't be as explosive without Jamar, but Higgins and Boyd are still a great duo. And if Burrow keeps playing like this, I don't, I don't think Chase's absence should stop our perception of this being one of the league's top offenses. For the Browns, if they want to be in playoff contention by the time Deshaun gets back, they need to lean on their running backs more. Last week, Chubb had 16 carries, Hunt had 5. When you have a backup quarterback and, and some of the best running backs in the league, that's honestly just unacceptable. Especially because they have a good offensive line too. Like I don't understand why they don't run it more. Um, I hope they get back to what they're good at this week. And if they can control the ground game and dominate time of possession, that's their key to success this week. However, they're going to need their defense to step up. Garrett came back last week, and he definitely made an impact. But they need some other pass rushers like Clowney to step up. Um, and then they're in their secondary, three of their top four corners all appeared on their injury report. And it's not like they've been incredible anyways this season. So that's going to be tough, especially facing these great uh, Bengals wide receivers. So I'm going to pick the Bengals to cover and win. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment. Let me know what all of your picks are. Uh, like, subscribe, and Apple, Spotify, wherever else you might be listening to this. Leave a five-star review. Go tell your friends. And yeah, see you all next time.